1: Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to download the app today. Get a little excited over there with the music using the code PHNX. That's going to get you $200 in free bets after making your first NFL bet of just $1. Cardinals win 38-13 to in their season opener over the Titans. Uh, it was a performance that uh, exceeded my expectations. Behind two career performances, Kyler Murray, 21 of uh, of 31 or thirty. 32. 32, 21 of 32 uh, for four touchdowns. That's a career high for him. And then, of course, Chandler Jones with five sacks, three in just the first quarter of this game.
0: Definitely. I mean, look, mm, there's words cannot express the excitement um, of watching them play good, knowing or not knowing if they would play good. But the idea of watching this team come together offensively and defensively, the the performance of dominating uh, one of the Mister Two Thousand Yards Russia, Derrick Henry and shutting him down, coming in off of Mister Tannehill, who we thought he just got a new contract and he would be able to go out and you know with the weapons on the outside ex, ex, explode against our, our defensive and our cornerbacks, and we had so many questions, and yet from the start of the game it looked like we just had all the answers, and it, I'm really. Uh, excited about what we saw today. And, um, look, the performance on both sides of the ball was definitely something I did not expect.
2: Absolutely. Frank Sanders, Cheerson Susell, Johnny Venerable here, breaking <laughs> I down. I always
1: forget to introduce us.
2: <laughs> Cardinal postgame. They know us. Yeah, they do. I would hope <laughs> so by now. <laughs> 38-13, the final score. And, yeah, it was maybe best-case scenario. Knock on wood. We hope Kelvin Beecham's okay. Sure, we can get nitpicky with the penalties, especially in the first quarter But I think when you look around the NFL landscape of teams that are specifically struggling offensively, I mean, it took the Cardinals roughly, you know, 10, 12 minutes of play to to get it going. They scored all 38 points through the first three quarters of of action today. And, you know, before we start with with the offense, I want to flip the script. And I think everybody around the Valley needs to give Vance Joseph a huge pat on the back. I, I know people were skeptical defensively. Could they hold up the secondary, which has a lot of concerns? You let patrick peterson depart malcolm butler's not around that didn't really matter at all today and we've talked about it consistently. consistently pressure in the front four and in your front seven erases near all mistakes in in the secondary and and goodness you, you talk about chandler jones i think jj watt as well asserting himself on the line of scrimmage he had a couple nice tackles for loss especially on those first couple drives where the titans could not get derrick henry going That set the tone. They gave the Cardinals ample time to get going offensively and give them credit. They eventually did. Cliff and the offense began to settle down. They put points on the board in a big way. But Vance Joseph, to me, has been, for whatever reason, a punching bag since he arrived here. All they did last year was get better defensively. They add J.J. Watt. They've got some nice younger pieces like a Michael Dogby on the defensive line. Isaiah Simmons, to me, had his best defense complete game as a pro, silenced a lot of critics who thought he was not physical enough in the run game, had the the lone interception. I just can't say enough great things about this defense.
1: Yeah, and I think with ten minutes left, about ten minutes left in the game, they had their uh, second string defensive uh, front out there. Michael Dogby gets a sack. Uh, six total sacks from them. They brought the pressure, and we all knew that that was going to be key uh, to getting a win. Um, but there wasn't at any point, and I, and I was one of those skeptics to uh, to see how the defense would respond, especially uh, with the Malcolm Butler situation and and you know Zaven Collins. I knew that he had a great preseason. He's been great in practice uh, in camp, but you know when it comes to you know a real game, I, I just didn't know if he was going to be able to perform. And so, with all of my concerns, were kind of thrown out the window after the first quarter. I was like, "Dang, they're okay. <laughs> yeah, they didn't miss a beat."
0: Look, that uh, that defensive front, and I, I, you know what, we go back and we say just adding pieces creates the balance and what we, what we had the opportunity to see with Chandler Jones and most of his sacks. But if you look at the other side of the field or just on the other side of the field and watch what they're doing to J.J. Watts, how many times they had to double-team him, which freed up one-on-one opportunities with Chandler Jones. And I'm thinking, like, why would you just go one-on-one with Chandler and you just you wouldn't allow J.J., who was the one that's not as healthier, and who's a little older than Chandler, why wouldn't you double-team Chandler because he's, he's got the hot stick right now. But they were so afraid – of knowing their history of what happened and how he played at Houston and how he dominated the game in Houston. So we're just going to go one-on-one with Chandler, and they let that happen. And I'm glad that they did because then you see Chandler gets five sacks. He goes out and does something, absolutely just takes control of the defensive line. And our, everyone on defense – benefited from that and everyone that was a part of the game had a chance to see what it's like to go on the road and get a win in a hostile environment and yet know that we can go out and dominate and that to me set the tone in a a lot of ways that allowed everyone else to go out and just play. And it's um it was absolutely beautiful to watch.
1: It's like pick your poison with J.J. Watt and yeah. Chandler Jones. Frank, I think you uh, had, had a bold prediction that bold. Uh, that J.J. Watt was going to get two or three sacks this game, uh, which I was like, man, if you got three sacks, that'd be great. Never in a million years did I think that Chandler Jones would get five of them. <laughs> um, I actually saw this. Um, okay, so I, I think she won like fan of the year. Uh, she's a a huge super fan. Uh, Her name is, uh, I think, Susan. So she tweeted this out. So this is coming from a fan on Twitter that's at the game. Uh, But she said Steve Kime came over to Chandler to congratulate him, and Chandler patted Kime's pockets. (laughs) If (laughs) that's true, that's really funny. Um, Cameron Cox of 12 News, he's also on the game. Uh, He uh, tweeted out a photo of um, team owner Michael Bidwell coming over to talk to Chandler Jones. So he garnered a lot of attention. We know that he's playing for some money and a long-term deal, and uh, he came out and didn't skip a beat.
2: I think everybody needs to calm down, the people in our mentions and DMs. We love the interaction, but to worry about Chandler Jones' contract situation, this is what the Cardinals wanted to have happen, whether or not it was intended this way. They wanted Chandler Jones to be motivated on a one-year contract. He felt disrespected. Two years ago, best sack artist in the NFL, borderline defensive player of the year. Last year, through five games, had one sack, didn't look great, got hurt, and he wanted more guaranteed money. And the Cardinals said, you know what? Let's see how things go this year. We've got to reallocate some things. Uh, the, the the budget is tighter, pandemic cap. Let's talk after the season. He didn't like that, supposedly requested a trade, still was a professional, showed up this offseason. Mm-hmm. And you're reaping the benefits now of a man who is enthralled with getting himself, rightfully so, a new contract and reestablishing himself as the league's best sack artist. Five sacks. We know Michael Strahan's record for sacks in a season is 21 and a half. Chandler almost broke it two years ago. Now you have the extra game. We, 17 weeks in the NFL season. I don't think it's crazy to start thinking that way. But here's what I would suggest to Cardinal fans fretting about Chandler Jones and his money. At the very least... I promise you, Michael Bidwell will not let him hit the open market. They will franchise him this offseason, will make him the highest-paid player at his position, if not for a single season, assuming he continues down this route. There's no scenario come 2022 he's not playing in a Cardinal uniform.
0: There is no one more hungrier and better than watching a guy play for a contract year. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen more Pro Bowl guys. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen more guys get to the Pro Bowl on a one-year deal. Than guys who got four year contracts and he had been a Pro Bowler for two years in a row. Yeah. Once they get that money, something about it changes it. I don't know what changes the narrative. Um, I guess it's the other guys around you that has to play better and have to get better so they can get their so they can get their money back too as well. But look, hey, Chandler's a player, and I'm thinking we talked about. It, I said I think with JJ get two or three sacks this year, uh, this game, and in truth, I think when we, go, when we get a chance, to go back and we break down the film. We'll see how many times because. JJ was double teamed, Chandler was one-on-one, and how he could just dominate and manipulate the situation. And to me, I'm excited about what he did. I mean, that that to me performance was like, this is a money moment. And if he's patting anybody's pocket, let me tell you something, (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if his contract didn't hit the table in a couple of weeks.
1: People forget, too, uh, you know, he had a season-ending injury last year. I thought one of the cool moments, his first strip sack was recovered by Corey Peters, who also had a season-ending injury. He almost took it in for the touchdown, but his knee was down just before the goal line. But uh, I thought that combination right there off the bat, I was like, dang, two guys that, uh, you know, they were injured last year.
2: They weren't factors, unfortunately. It could be one of Steve Kime's shrewdest pickups. Jordan Phillips Insurance, when they brought back Corey Peters in August, Corey had taken and had gotten interest from other teams, of course wanted to come back and finish his career whenever it chooses to end in Arizona and plays i think i want to say like at least 60% of the snaps today mm-hmm. after not having any kind of off-season conditioning program with the team shows you what kind of physical shape he keeps himself in but that's a great point i mean last year it was all Hassan Reddick right and mm-hmm. Hassan Reddick's allowed to leave people including myself. I didn't love that decision. Homegrown I was player. blown away by that. And all blown you away. get now is you get Chandler Jones reaffirming himself as the league's top sack artist after missing last year. Corey Peters is in. Now you have J.J. Watt whenever they do get Jordan Phillips back. And then I think the presence of the inside linebackers, Isaiah Simmons, Xavier Collins, and Jordan Hicks, what they were able to do to this run game, Derrick Henry, 17 carries for 58 yards, wow. no touchdowns, I even thought with that Tannehill scramble on, I think it was third down on the goal line. Corey Peters, by the way, was held on that play. Even with the touchdown giving drive that they had, I still think this defense came away with so many more positives, silenced so many doubters on everything, whether it's can Isaiah Simmons be physical, Chandler Jones, can he bounce back, is the Cardinals defensive line for real, what's going on with the secondary? All of it was quieted today.
1: Uh, So our king of the game is a clear one. That would be Chandler Jones. Again, five sacks, including three in just the first quarter. Uh, A couple of forced fumbles, both leading to touchdowns. Four tackles for loss. Um, Man, uh, just an incredible performance from him. And if you haven't downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the number one sportsbook in America, you still have time to do that using the code PHNX. You're going to get $200 in free bets after placing a $1 bet on any NFL game. Uh, You still got time to do that. We still have the Sunday night game and tomorrow's monday night game um so be sure to download that app using the code phnx if you haven't done that yet so all right defense outperformed our expectations uh offense did too as well uh this is the first time that deandre hopkins scored two touchdowns in as a cardinal so there's that christian kirk had two incredible touchdown catches and again kyler murray 21 of 32 four touchdowns he has never thrown four touchdowns in his career
0: look everything that i watched today is definitely look I said last week. I said we have to see Cliff do a couple of things, and in one of them he had to. We we knew for a fact he had to be creative. Can he take the 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 talent that we've given him and not just do the status quo of what he did with the first couple of years of, you know, the college offense? But he had to become more creative. This game we saw DeAndre Hopkins on the inside. We saw motion. From different receivers, we didn't see that last year. A lot of guys kind of stood stagnant. Great point. They stood in one spot, and that was a situation where you just you knew exactly where they were going. And that, to me, I thought was absolutely fabulous. I think he definitely improved in that area. So I'm giving Cliff a big, you know, round of applause. You can see the little round right there. It's a tiny round, but it's definitely a round of applause. <laughs> and I thought that, I thought that was absolutely fabulous. Again, we are talking about our defense. Defense was magnificent, but our offensive plays, the guys that made players complimentary. Of Ronald Moore, and then also you also have A.J. Green. That causes one-on-ones that allow guys to have you can to have to play. You know, you have to defend that. And individually, we believe that our talent and skill set of our receivers are that much better than yours. That when you get the one-on-one situations. Kyler's sitting in the back and make a decision if he gets the time to whichever guy he wants to throw the ball to. And we saw that. He flipped the ball and moved the ball around to everyone. Everyone had more than one to two catches. So that, to me, lets you know that he's moving the ball and giving guys opportunities. But that, to me, shows a good balance of continuity and, you know, having the guys in the skill set. And that too, that makes defensive ha- defenses has to play you guys head-to-head if they don't. They're going to leave zones, and guys are going to sit down and check downs. But at the end of the day, guys make plays. We
2: talked about it on Friday's show, and to the dismay of like our fantasy enthusiasts out there when it comes to Kyler Murray, this is who he wants to be. Five carries, 20 yards, rushing touchdown, four passing touchdowns. I guarantee you, based on his comments, if you came up to him today, that's where he wants to live. And it's a stark contrast to a year ago – when they were in San Francisco and they won, but the offense was completely different. It was Kyler's legs Mm -hmm. and Hopkins playing hero ball. He had like over 160 yards, and that was a great win. This was such a more complete win, especially offensively. You look at Chase Edmonds, James Conner, both eclipsing 50 yards rushing. DeAndre Hopkins, of course, 80-plus yards. Christian Kirk, 70-plus yards. Somebody else who's in a contract year, two touchdowns today. Rondell Moore almost was 70 yards. They have just so many different ways now that they can beat you, and I just think that while it's great to see the highlight plays, I think Kyler would rather use his legs on the design runs in the goal line where he's untouched, of course, and then when he has to use it, the Russell Wilson-esque plays, of course, that that highlight play on third down that really kind of changed the dynamic of the game to Rondell Moore for his first completion. Kyler doesn't want to go off for 60, 70, 80 yards rushing. That's not his game. And if you want Kyler and all 5'8", 5'9", 5'10", of him, I think he's 5'10". Uh, To be able to last for 17 games. I think he'd
1: be insulted by that (laughs) comment.
2: (laughs) He's 5'10". If you want him to last for the entire season, then you should be happy with the fact that, oh, five carries, modest 20 yards, but they scored 38 points. That, to me, just shows you that. If he has to beat you that way, so be it, but he'd much rather be considered a pocket passer.
1: Yeah, Kyler said over and over again that his legs should be a luxury. Um, Last year... it, 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 he wasn't allowed to have that luxury though, just with the way that the offense, they, I mean, they needed him to take off um, and, and force something to happen to be able to move the chains. Um, but uh, I, I was—I I, want to say I was skeptical that that could happen because they have all the right pieces. And that's something that they've continued to say over and over again is we have all the pieces that we need. Um, but that was another great thing that's, I mean, he, he got what he wanted and the offense uh, has definitely improved in that way.
0: Well, knowing what we know and knowing that we have not seen much of our team in the preseason and all the question marks that was there coming off a tough last as um, JV always says, look, last year we started out great, and then we farted, we, we farted at the end of the season really bad. <laughs> and then, I mean, really, really bad. But then coming into the season. I don't I know mean, don't
2: if I used those exact words. I think, I think you
0: said farted. Yeah, I, think I, you said, I said wh- they wet the bed. The they wet the wet bed, a wet fart. <laughs>
2: That's somehow so a So they
0: sharted. They <laughs> sharted. Since they sharted at the end of the season of last year, <laughs> it was really horrible to wa- It was horrible to watch, but, yes. you know, and I think that's a that's a beautiful thing to to watch and see what we was able to come together with. We got the names, they have the talent, but there's always that one question mark of execution, and that today was on display. Yep, that was today on display execution, and that's something you can be proud of. Did he make a bad throw? There were so many throws he made that was absolutely fabulous throws in, in small windows, yeah. and that to me is that's, – that's the arm that we paid for. That's the first-round draft pick of the Oakland A's mm-hmm. as a pitcher. And then he said, no, I'll come and be an NFL quarterback. And that guy now is the guy that we know he has all the throws. He can make them, and he has the legs. Like you said, it's a luxury. And to watch our offense be in a position where that many people touch the ball and you, you had limited amount of turnovers, and you felt like you had control. Yeah, it didn't yeah. seem like we was rushing or trying to force stuff, and guys seemed like they had windows and they were open. And if you make great catches, you make great catches. And if you make and if he made the right throws at the right time, guys were sitting open, and and then they then then they could let the athletic ability work, and it did. And I thought that was absolutely something really pretty to watch. That's I, an offense that's how that's how offenses should look.
2: Absolutely, and if you ask, I'm sure Kyler Murray the one throw he's going to remember is his interception. Absolutely. And, and he'll want to improve on that. He said he wanted to reduce his turnovers. He had 12 interceptions last year. And if he's throwing four touchdowns, you can live with one or two INTs. You know, Tom Brady had mm-hmm. two picks the other night on Thursday Night Football. But that's a proud Tennessee franchise that they absolutely embarrassed today. That's a team that's been... In the postseason, they were in the AFC title game two years ago. They added Julio Jones. I think they've got their own issues compounded by the fact that they lost their offensive coordinator. They lost a couple key pieces of personnel. But I I just think that this is the most—and I'm not just saying this. I'm trying to be objective— this is the most impressive performance of any team so far this weekend. You look at what the Niners did. They played the Lions, right? Seattle was favored to beat Indianapolis. The Cardinals were an underdog mm-hmm. on the road on the eastern time zone where they've had so many headaches historically. And to come out and have a performance where, I mean, we were sitting here watching the game. After the first quarter, the game was not in doubt. They they crept back in, you know, got it down to, you know, low double digits, but never did they get it down to single digits. The, you know, so I, I just... To me, I'm very encouraged by the fact that this team kept their foot on the gas. Yeah. And the biggest question moving into next week is how will they respond? But again, that's why you brought in Rodney Hudson. That's why you brought in J.J. Watt. And because of the fact that they know last year, they let that golden opportunity slip away.
1: So how concerning. Eight penalties for 59 yards. that got better as the game progressed. But, man, when they – when. I think the, the Cardinals were lucky to come away with points on that first offensive possession, uh, just penalty after penalty after penalty. And f- to start that way, it's that you're, you're coming off a year where you're the most penalized team in the league. Uh, that was frustrating to watch. But uh, again, they shored things up as the game progressed.
2: Yeah, I think that that was just the factor of not playing many reps in the preseason. We talked about that Friday night yep. on our show. Um, the fact that all four starting receivers hadn't played together. You saw an instance of Kirk and Hopkins running into each other, um, or uh, A.J. Green, I should say. A.J. Green had a couple instances of holding, I think just live reps with this offense. And I think, I mean, if we're being fair here, a, a couple of those penalties could have gone either way. So I credit the coaching staff for making the necessary adjustments second quarter and on, and that's the kind of team I expect to to see next week against Minnesota. I think it's also Bear, Bears repeating that, they didn't have live fans last year. This is the first time they've had live fans in two years.
0: Absolutely. That's always on the table. When you haven't been in – live rounds change everything. We talked about preseason and why it's so important because you have to have those live rounds. You have to have that mentality of coming into a game – getting yourself ready to play against an opponent you haven't practiced against or, you know, getting your mindset ready. Where's my wife? Where's my mom in the stands? You know, this is live TV. These are these are real bullets that are, that are out here right now. And I think that is – that's understandable. But I, I'll, I'll back up and I'll say the leadership on the table. Yeah. you 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 absolutely right in, you know, crediting the coaches. But I'm going to say also the, the guys on the field have to get that mentality. Like, you know what? Hey, calm down. Relax. Someone's in the huddle saying something. Maybe if we had the audio to that, you'll hear somebody say something that says, hey, man, calm down, relax, relax. It's okay, it's okay, we got it, we got it, we got it, we got it. And, and I think that is something that we do that all the time when in a huddle. And when you see guys that are nervous, we got some guys that haven't played together and they haven't had a lot of time. But to watch these guys overcome it, the second half was definitely a, a total, totally different team mentally, there was there was limited amount of mistakes. So I think that is the part of the growth and having that leadership in the in the, in the right in the right spots. Our center will definitely say something to his offensive line. He's the general. He's gotta say something. He'll tell these guys, hey, get get on point. Get on board, get on board with what we're doing. They'll Kyler say, hey, what am I doing wrong? Are you am, what am I what am I am I slowing? How am I, how am I, how are my cadences? Am I going red eighty? Red eighty said hut? Or am I going red eighty? Ready, He uh, said, am I messing you up with on my cadence? So and I, let me figure that out. And somebody will say something and they'll make those adjustments. And looking at the second half, we can see that they did that.
1: Even though the Cardinals were considered the underdogs, I think we all actually picked them to win. Um, so just a reminder, you can still download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Uh, using the code PHNX, you're going to get $200 free bets when you place a $1 bet on any game tonight or tomorrow. Um, that is an NFL game. And uh, just a reminder, 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Eligibility restrictions apply. Uh, Max $50 wager, one per customer. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And Johnny, I know that you are getting an article up on our website now. Um, So if you become a member, you're going to also have access to not only what we talk about on here, you're going to get access to Johnny's articles um, and uh, other member-only deals. Um, You can check out the t-shirts we have up on PHNX locker.com uh members only discord we've got a lot of cardinals fans chatting on there right now um and uh if you sign up now you can get a free t-shirt of your choice from the phnx locker or your first month for just 50 cents depending on which option you choose all right so where do we go from here i guess uh you know one topic we haven't really talked about i don't know that it necessarily needs a, a, a ton of discussion uh matt prater's arizona debut he did miss a field goal but um Overall, I wouldn't say there's too much to be concerned about there. I hate kickers. <laughs> Why is that? I hate
0: kickers. Well, we we're trying to.
1: Oh my god! I'm sorry
0: I had to say that, but it's to be. It's, it is to be. I mean, if, if you if you got an over and under, and you need that one kick, and the field goal breaks up breaks off being a two to one, that's great. But to me, I'm like, hey, look, hey, you do your job, and that's the only job you do. There's nothing else you do. No one else is tackling you. No one's touching you. They are the most. Prima Donna guys, better than quarterbacks on the football field, hey, hey kickers man. across <laughs> I would rather the board,
2: greater than what we saw
0: from Tennessee. Look, kicker. I would, I would look oh. that guy. We were where He's I was at a job this yeah. week, we thought yeah. we definitely thought he was, definitely thought that guy was going to be cut without a doubt. Look, that's we had. He had enough opportunities to overcome the one mistake, so that that is a good thing. But the question becomes: if we're going to add, you know, a little salt to his wound, is that if this if it mattered. Would you miss it? With that guy that missed that field goal. He's miss made it?
2: enough kicks, in my opinion, over okay. the course of his Johnny his career. Facts, give it up to me. Yeah. Well, I just me. selfishly, Kirsten and I were watching the game when they missed that field goal, and I just wanted them to eclipse forty points. They haven't eclipsed forty points since Bruce Aarons has, has been their head coach. They've never done it under Kingsbury. It's always different when you put a 40 burger <laughs> on them, right? Yeah. That's the term. So maybe next week, but you know I have any concerns about that. Where I do have a little bit of concern is is up from the offensive line if Kelvin Beachum isn't able to play next week mm-hmm. against Minnesota. Justin Murray is the default kind of swing tackle back up at right tackle. You've got Josh Jones playing right guard. I did think the protection held up relatively well today especially on the interior. They only gave up two sacks and one of those you know you can make an argument Kyler held the ball a little too long mm-hmm. but you figure home crowd you've got the benefit of that next week against Minnesota. If I had to nitpick anything else I mean it really didn't affect them one way or the other. Xavier Collins Played less than I thought he would play. That was just kind of how the game dictated. I was surprised by that. Yeah. I think Jordan Hicks looked good. So as long as Jordan Hicks isn't exposed in space and and Vance is playing him, Isaiah played the whole game. That's what I want to see. I mean, if you're talking about young players to build around and be excited about, Buda Baker, Byron Murphy, Isaiah Simmons all had, I think there were three of their four leading tacklers, all had passes defended. You talk about hybrid freak players that will help get this team to the next level. Those are homegrown players (laughs) that the Cardinals need to lean on. And then additionally, if Zaving Collins, you got training wheels on Zaving Collins. I don't have a problem with that. Just don't make him MIA until November. But again, I liked the tempo Uh and the rotation that was dictated. And I mean, Marco Wilson, fourth round rookie quarterback was in there, the the first possession. So he's going to play a lot. So if, if you're looking ahead this Cardinal draft class with Marco and Rondell Moore almost having 70 yards and Xavier getting, you know, 50%, 60% of the snaps, this is going to be their most active draft class in recent memory.
0: It, you know, it's, it's definitely – I think if, if Tennessee could have got things rolling a little faster, um, and they could have been more downhill. Like they probably wanted to be a little more physical. Didn't want the ball to have to be thrown specifically as much as they did. They know we have a high, a high-powered offense that can can be explosive. Yeah. And big plays can be made down the field. So you probably wanted to uh, keep our offense off the field as much. Try to you know have some clock management. Um, it might have changed, the, um, changed the, what our defensive screen scheme would have been probably like did. for a little bit. Mm-hmm. We've added probably more beef on the inside. But because they had to get the three and four wide receivers a lot faster. It, it it probably put Zayman and uh, Mr. Collins in that situation where you know he couldn't play as much, and I'm, okay, I'm I'm okay with the training wheels. Look, the NFL is fast, yeah, and there are a lot of things that are happening. Um, what you're doing practicing, but what you're doing the game is night and day. You know what a deer in a headlights look like just from a simple standpoint in the NFL is that you're playing against guys you played with on Madden, mm-hmm. and that you were an idol of them. They were your idols. And you knew for a fact what he did. You saw what he did two weeks ago against the guy that you thought was a beast and a linebacker. Now you're a linebacker playing against this guy that was a beast that murdered your linebacker guy. And now you got to go against him. And you have to ask that question, can I handle him? Or will he treat me just like he just treated Ray Lewis? And you're like, man, he just got murdered. And will he murder me? And I think that's a process where I use these terms because in real battle, that's what it's just like. And when you're watching it on film and you slow it down, you individualize the game and you can start picking apart guys technique and what they specifically do to you and what they want to do to you. There are some scenarios that you just can't do anything about. There is nothing their left tackle could do versus Chandler today. Absolutely nothing.
2: And that's Taylor Luan, who is a I mean he's a former Pro Bowl Take, tackle. Mm-hmm. I know they said he was a little banged up. Then they put that poor backup in it <laughs> was a wrap. in favor of, of Luan and it yeah, it, things got worse from there. And they had to help with double teams and that freed up lanes for other guys. But I mean that to me Kyler's progression and maturation as a pocket passer (laughs) in combination of the return of Chandler Jones, those are the two biggest takeaways.
1: I would say this was a best-case scenario all things considered they only had two preseason games and we 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 were talking can can week one be considered like a three third preseason game like they haven't had a whole lot of reps chances to gel uh we knew that penalties were going to be a thing as you know the miscommunication a little bit um very minor and they didn't just like oh, they somehow found a way to win. Thank God they got the win and they'll improve next week. I mean, it was a blowout. So yeah. in my opinion, all things considered, uh, this was a best case scenario for the Cardinals and, and Cardinals fans should be very excited and Cardinals players should have a, a ton of confidence on, on momentum moving forward to uh, the Vikings next I, week.
0: I, I definitely tried to make it a preseason game. I was bowing out like, maybe if we lose. You were trying to was, give them excuses it's already. It's game. It's not going to I was talking about gelling stuff. and coming together. And Kumbaya, he was like, "Fuck that, screw that, Frank. No, the, if you take a post of the valley, no way, we're not going with that. Everything you said last week, man, or Friday, just this past week, Friday, was absolutely on point. You encouraged me so much to believe, and what was the, what actually you spoke about manifested." That the Tennessee Titans were—they were, were not as great as we thought they were. That the new offensive coordinator wasn't wasn't the guy. He he wasn't a great offensive coordinator. No. So he's he's having the jail in the first year. The system that the Tennessee Titans had last year was not the same as this year. They had COVID situations. Tannehill hadn't played a lot. So all the facts and the stats that you brought up last week were absolute. well, this, you know, just Friday was absolutely amazing, and it manifested itself specifically on on Sunday. Didn't I it? mean, who
2: would have thought? not only Derrick Henry would be held to his yardage that he had. I mean, you you kind of call that, but I also think <laughs> right that I here. Mean, Julio Jones was a complete non-factor, yep. and I never thought I'd be saying that. I thought if they would have had you know, 50, 60 yards from him, that would have been a really good day. I mean, A.J. Brown did what he da- does and had a couple nice receptions, had that touchdown grab, but outside of that, I mean, he looked out of place. He looked older. The Cardinals' defensive backs looked younger and more athletic outside of that one blown coverage that they had downfield where Byron had to make that tackle. I don't remember any wide open plays for receivers. And and yeah, you can credit the front seven for the consistent pressure, but I mean, they were breaking up passes. They were Buda Baker had a, had a pass broken (laughs) up in the end zone. So did Byron Murphy to me, the physicality that this secondary brings now. And again, I don't want to continue to harp on Patrick Peterson and what he's become, but what it was, was too much finesse play this secondary. Give them credit. Was was incredibly physical. Matched the physicality of the front seven to the point where I I think they roughed up the Tennessee receivers and they were not expecting that.
1: Julio Jones didn't even have a catch till like a minute thirty left in the first half. Yeah, I mean he was a non-factor. And we were you know the, this is like the big storyline: AJ Brown and Julio Jones. They're going to totally torch the Cardinals secondary, <laughs> and uh, that was uh, that was the opposite of the case.
2: The leading receiver for Tennessee was somebody called Chester Rogers. Chester wow. Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> Something called Chester Rogers, yeah.
0: Look, honestly, this is – so a little – to watch the way our defensive backs performed, um, I always say, and I've learned this as a receiver in NFL, a DB needs the front seven to create pressure. So, therefore, I can do what I'm, I'm, I'm training myself to do. You don't train to cover four and five seconds because you're the, the the opposing team quarterback and pat the ball and, yep. and come off receiver one, two, and three, check down, and then slide to the right and then throw the ball back across the field. I've seen that many times when I was with the Cardinals yeah. and our losing moments. And I, <laughs> I know what that looks like. So, But you don't train for that. You train to be able to go one, two, three. You know, pat, you know, break on the ball. One, two, three, break on the ball. Or one, two, break on the ball. You train yourself that. And that was like defensive timings as if you look at a quarterback and what his timing has to be with the receivers and how many steps he takes back. Well, the same thing with defense. But when your front seven is getting pressure on your quarterback, it changes his timing. His, his three-step drop back has to look like a two-and-a-half. His five-step drop back – drop back has to look like a four-step because he has to get the ball out that much faster because he knows that Chandler Jones is on the end and coming. That's right. That front side wall on the right side of my strong side is pushing pressure because J.J. is bringing my guy back. He just changed the line of scrimmage and pulled it back, pushed the guy back three yards in front of my face. And I think those are the things that changes the narrative. And then every cornerback out there, they can they can they can get a little bit more aggressive. They can be a little more physical. They can put their hands on these guys that we consider to be guys that are game breaking receivers, and it changes everything. And I think that is again, when you have the pieces, they begin to complement. Then you get then you get a beautiful puzzle, a beautiful picture. And today, in our, in a lot of ways, that's what we're saying. There were some ugly things, but the pieces that that we have became became an actual very a beautiful picture of what defensive schemes should look like. And um, I'm excited about our young guys. I'm excited about our old guys and the leadership that's there.
2: Yeah, and speaking of the leadership, I, I'd be remiss if we didn't credit Cliff Kingsbury, who I don't think we've complimented yet on this show, who's under... You did.
0: When?
1: Today.
2: I've been... I'm, I'm sorry, I was... I was well, I, no, I... I'll give Frank credit. He probably did. Cliff K- Kingsbury, who's on everybody's hot list, not the good hot list, but the fire hot list, who is now... Undefeated in openers, tied his first year, one last year at San Francisco, won this year at Tennessee. It means nothing. Yeah, well, it he's it. undefeated, but he's undefeated, undefeated in, openers. in openers. I mean, that's that's something. huge. That's that's a, that's Cliff Kingsbury, a Kingsbury who has a target on his back. I want back. to see
1: you undefeated in the second half of the yeah, season. <laughs> I would agree with that,
2: but let's let's work with Call what we out, got here. Cheers. Call him out. Thirty eight points in the opener with a huge target on your back, with everybody putting heat on you, with people including myself and and others around the valley saying. This is this could be it. If you don't make the playoffs, you're going to lose your job. To me, that, that tells me everything that I need to know, especially the offensive adjustments they made after those first two possessions when they looked a little out of sync. I mean, we we sat here and watched it. His play calling was on point. His use red of red
1: zone efficiency?
2: Absolutely. Four out of five. Trips came with touchdowns at least. Um the deep ball was there to Christian Kirk, the intermediate passing game, which was absent last year, his use of Rondell Moore. I I, I am I'm encouraged with what I've seen from Cliff now to your point has to be sustainable, but I mean, he was the far superior coach today.
1: One stat uh, that I just remembered that we didn't even touch on was third down efficiency. I'm going back to the defensive end. uh, So five of 14, the Titans on third down. Uh, So you you can't really do much uh, when you're five of 14 on third down. So another, uh, just a great stat from the defense. That is a
0: very – that is that is the thing that most – you know, when you see guys, they take more pride in getting an offense off the field on third down than anything else. Like that is when they – you know, they, they hold their hand up like this here, and then you see the guys running they have a ball fist and they're running like it's fourth down because they know punt team is up on the sideline you're screaming punt team up mm-hmm. punt team up and i think that's an, and that to me is is a highlight of what defense looks like 5 of 14 is efficient that is getting your getting your team off getting the ball back to the offense giving yourself a chance um, i think that these guys play absolutely fabulously against a team that we thought they got they got pieces but they're just not they don't they don't have what we have and i like what we have
2: to hold an nfl team under 250 total yards yeah. in the year 2021 especially this this isn't Houston, this isn't Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. This is a team with maybe AFC championship aspirations that's loaded up in the offseason to hold them under 250 yards. In today's NFL where everybody gets garbage yards, right, it's the points that matter, but you can have hollow yards night and day. That is exceptional work. This was probably the best defensive performance that we've seen, goodness, maybe since Todd Bowles was here in 2014. I mean, it's been that long since we've seen an effort like this.
1: Yeah, if you're catching us on YouTube right now, we want to remind you that uh, make sure you never miss out on any of our shows by subscribing to the PHNX Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're hearing us on one of those apps, we want to remind you uh, we're also doing a ton of great, awesome content on our YouTube channel, PHNX Sports, so subscribe to that channel. Uh, sign up for alerts every time we drop new videos, and you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by following us on at phnx underscore sports. Guys, closing, closing, closing thoughts. Uh, I think we pretty much covered anything, everything. But do we have anything else we want to say?
0: On to the next week, <laughs> like literally, on to the next week because uh, you know you, you you won a game, you got past that, you went against a team that you know you basically dominated, and now it's on to the next week and getting guys. If they, if any guys got hurt, we got to get these guys healthy, getting ready for the next week. We got to make sure the guys don't, you know, go out and try to celebrate and do stupid stuff and get COVID. Then they get into the COVID protocol, and they mess things up. It's just one win, like we said before. We were six and three, and the next thing you know, we start to shart and poop and. <laughs> The whole rest Let's of the season. Please not make that a thing. It just it was it was on the table, bro. It was 20, wet. And apparently, ragged. you it was started horrible. it. But you but you know they wet I the bed, and it was never horrible. Come, I, I've said a lot of things Look, on air, I promise Whether you it's shart not one of them. or whether you wet the bed, they are both embarrassing, yeah. and you need to you need to you need to be make, like my
2: two year old pull your pull up on and, right. and get yeah. to work. But I I echo those comments, and I would also say, what a great welcome home gift yes. to the valley and to the fans coming back to State Farm Stadium, really for the first time since. 2019 welcome back cardinal fans your team is 1-0 and just throttled an AFC contender on the road
1: so my final thought is I want to read a tweet from Taylor Luan who uh took to Twitter to say I got my butt kicked although he didn't say butt, he said the other word (laughs) uh kick today no way around that I let the team and the fans down thank you Chandler Jones for exposing me it will only force me to get better, so when you he play so that. He well, said that. he, said that, he said that on Twitter, Taylor Luan said it on Twitter.
0: Oh, I'm pr- I, I swear right now, I, I bet everything, If I'm going to follow him, and I know for a fact his homies and the guys in the locker room are going to be like, what the hell you just do, why would you say something like that, like, why would you cower in, That that is... That is not to move a player would make just because you're so. Is he getting paid to do Twitter <laughs> accounts? Is he getting paid to be honest? Chandler by, Jones I,
1: broke the dude down so badly he, that he took that to is Twitter so, to apologize.
0: Wow, like that that <laughs> blows that blows my mind. Like that is. It could be a long year in Tennessee with that kind of thing. I don't on. know if he's gonna be there long. I'm pretty sure. I bet Mike is on his butt cheeks right now. Like, what the <laughs> hell are you doing? You don't ever tell anybody you did that. Cause next week the next guy's like, now I, I swear he look. He's my tweet. You gonna, you're gonna tweet this now? You are gonna tweet this? The next defensive end he plays, it'd be like, I, I'm, now you're going to put me on your Twitter handle now, right? I'm going to be your Twitter guy. Tweet this out that I just smacked you in the head. Tweet this out that I kicked your butt, just like Chandler. Chandler I'm telling you, I have never seen that where you immediately, and if it's, if it's the last game of the season, okay. You got sixteen more weeks of somebody now. Yeah, the game ready is- to be on your Twitter handle. Oh, he pinned <laughs>
1: it too. Oh, Jesus! So now, so oh, so what Jesus. that means? Do you, do you know what a pin means? No, so I don't. So what that means is anytime, oh, so so tweets will get like lost in a feed. Every time you do a new tweet, oh, he pinned it to the top, so it's never gonna go down. So anytime you click on his on his page, it's pinned to the top, so that's the first thing oh, you see.
0: So Ocho Cinco <laughs> would take a Ocho Cinco would take us a, a schedule, and he'd flip it and he and he just write the schedule. and He would write the DB's names down. And and he, would, and he would literally check off how many yards he's gonna get against DBs and then he'd put it on his lock in his locker. Now, if a report was going out and you want to do a report on him, and or you, or you were a report in his locker room, then you could see that and he'll tell you, What is that? What is that about? He'll say, Oh, and we we're playing Dallas this week. I got this guy named Smith and this guy the other cornerback. So I'm gonna probably get eight catches for 217 yards if you know if CP throws the ball to me. That's what he would say. He said that live. Then he got he had to back it up. Now I'm saying you're posting. Of what somebody else did to you, and you pinned it, and now everyone else like next week I would be the dude that says you I'm going to be your Twitter handler. Every time I come against you, tweet this, and then I'd come to the cameras and be yeah. like, bro, tweet this. Like, look, tweet. I, I'm trying to be like Chandler Jones would get tweeted. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. It's crazy.
2: The Bengal defense today against Minnesota foreshadowing eight quarterback hits, three sacks. So. Could only get worse next weekend for Mm. whomever's playing left tackle for Minnesota. Just saying.
1: That's that's good for the Cardinals. Uh, My final thought, actually, is that we wish Kelvin Beachum a speedy recovery. Uh, He's dealing with that rib injury. Uh, So we don't really have an update on him just yet, uh, but certainly wish him a speedy recovery. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more uh, talking about week two. Vikings week tomorrow. Have a good one.